0: Welcome to the FASH Scoop, where we are serving the latest and greatest in fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. My name is Jody Goodfellow, co-founder of FASH PR, and today I'll be your host. I'll be talking with Jordan Weinberg, a recent graduate from Ryerson University's professional communications program. She is embarking on her professional journey in the world of PR, and we're going to get the full scoop on what she thinks so far. Communications, public public relations, publicity. There's just so much to talk about. Um, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I'm really excited to talk to you um, because, you know, being a PR agency, I really am curious to know what some of the um, new professionals are thinking and experiencing. Um, And I know, of course, this has been a very difficult year. So we're going to dive right into those conversations um, in this podcast. And um, I just want to let our audience know you're from Toronto, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, And so... I'm curious, like, I know that you just, um, you know, graduated and everything, um, but I'm curious, like, how did you decide this as a career focus? Like, how did you decide I want to go into communications? What attracted you to study that? Right. Well, communications for me,
1: I wanted to go into something that would allow me to be creative. Like, I was graduating high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do. A lot of people at my school were going on to, like, they had, like, math and science and stuff, and I, I wasn't really interested in that. Um, I know that I like writing, and I've always thought it was organized. I consider myself pretty extroverted. Um, and then when I saw communications programs, I just thought it's broad enough that it would give me the chance to do a lot of different things. And, like, I liked the idea of being able to work with different types of organizations and companies and like working with people to get their messages across really spoke to me. And I think it's a really
0: important role. So that's why I decided to go study and learn more about it. Yeah, that is actually really true. So working in communications, it doesn't mean that you have to really navigate towards one specific industry, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. use those tools and those skills and apply them to just about anywhere and work for um, you know, a lot of different organizations or businesses, like you said. So, it is kind of a, an interesting um, career path to pursue, I think. Um, so, you just recently graduated from Ryerson. Congratulations on that. I know it's, it takes Thank a you. while and a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, I'm sure, that you've gone through to get to this point. Um, so, tell us like the good, the bad, and the craziest moments during your time studying. Communications at Ryerson. What can you tell us? Yeah, so Ryerson,
1: the reason that I chose to go to Ryerson was because I really liked the idea that it was downtown Toronto. Like it's in the middle of like this cultural hub. So studying downtown was really interesting. Going there every day, like (laughs) it's literally right through Dundas Square. So, like, there was a lot of hustle and bustle getting there. Um, <laughs> are you from and, Toronto or are you so from outside the city? Technically, I live in Thornhill. Okay. Um, that's where my family lives. And then for school, I moved to an apartment near Ryerson campus. Okay. So yeah, I was living like downtown for four years. That was really nice. Um, and yeah, I really love Ryerson. Like it's a super artsy school. It's definitely a different vibe. Like when I go visit my friends at Laurier or Guelph, it's totally different. Like Ryerson is a totally different vibe than those schools that are in more rural areas of Ontario.
0: Interesting. Um, and do you know anyone who studied communications at other schools? Like, have you ever compared notes with how your program was in comparison to other programs that are similar? Yeah. So I have a couple friends that study communications at Laurier. Um, I think
1: Ryerson was a little different in terms that there's different creative programs going on at Ryerson. Like, creative industries classes and that's a program very specific to Ryerson so I think that we had some some different things when I was studying there like I would take things from different creative programs like different electives that I don't think were offered at different schools which I really appreciated that opportunity Um, like I took photo classes and creative classes where in the middle of class they would just be like go out into Dundas Square and like take photos and (laughs) yeah like that was interesting (laughs) it was definitely really fun
0: yeah, well, I guess, you know, being in such a central hub, you're able to, you know, do more interesting, like experiential learning and and really test out certain skills. And um, yeah, that would be kind of fun, I guess, like just kind of going out and taking random photos and, and doing assignments like that. That would be kind of interesting. What were some of the classes that they actually taught you in order to prepare you for working in um, communications or public relations, like were there specific courses that um, stood out or that you found like it really interesting or helpful? So I minored in
1: public relations, so those okay. classes were I took some crisis classes where we did risk and crisis communications management exercises and we started case studies. Um, I mentioned the photojournalism course where we got to do photography. Um I also I specifically took some different graphic communications courses in Photoshop, Illustrator, stuff like that. And those were really fun. I got to design posters and work with more
0: technical hands-on skills. Yeah. Um Yeah, those were cool. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, and it's true. Like, I, I think people sometimes forget how broad communications really is. It's not just about writing. Um, you know, people often just assume or think um, specifically about writing when they think about communication. But, you know, you mentioned photojournalism, for example. And the saying that, you know, I'm sure everybody knows is a picture says a thousand words, right? And I think that's very, very true. And I think that there's a lot of things that are so interconnected. And it's really cool that you were able to take some classes that really explored that creative side of communication. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. And especially now, like I think with social media and like, yeah, the digital age communications is becoming so much more broad. Like, if you're in communications, you need to know how to manage social media, you need to know how to take photos, you need to know how to do graphics. Like, it's Absolutely. becoming more and more important. So, just wear different hats.
0: Absolutely. Now, do they have like actual courses on social media or anything like that? Yeah, I did take some social media
1: classes. I took one in my second year where we got to make a campaign and run a social media account for it. Like okay, my group was running an Instagram account. Yeah. yeah, that was super fun actually.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And so were you, um, walk us through what like an, an Instagram campaign would look like um, or how you were taught to do it. Like what are some key things that people should know about running campaigns? Like do, were you um, looking at analytics and things like that on the Instagram account? Like how were you what was your method in terms of um, creating the campaign?
1: Yeah. So um, what was important was our campaign was called Give Book. And we were, the idea was like, it was a fake company, but the company was books, like notebooks, stationery, and then a cut of the proceeds would go to a charity that plants a tree for every book that was sold. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. Like it was a cool idea. And then we started a Instagram campaign around that for a, for a week. And the way we went into it was we thought of a tone, we thought of an audience, our audience was young women um, from 15 to 20 years old, like university high school age. Um, We thought of an aesthetic, we made content that matched that aesthetic, matched those colors, like we were going with like leaves and pink. To match the tree idea. And That's awesome. Yeah, like I, I thought that our page looked really good at the end of it. And I think that the analytics aspect is a really important part of it. Like that was looking at what worked, what didn't, what people responded to, what time to post was all like really important to like analyzing the whole experience.
0: Absolutely.
1: So yeah, like that stuff is hard. It is hard. It's really hard for people
0: to really get, especially if you're not really a numbers person. Um, it's hard to understand not only how to read the analytics, but what to do with them. Right. Like, um, because it is really important. And you know, like you say, like sometimes it's important to know your audience, right? Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're running a business or if you're working for a business and running social media for a business, for example, um, yeah, it's really important to know the audience that you're, you know, sending this information out to, because if you're sending information out at the wrong time of the day, You know, you're missing a whole lot of people, a whole lot of eyeballs that you could be targeting, right? So Mm -hmm. all those things matter, right? Yeah. And I think what's really
1: could be daunting and what was daunting to me was when you're starting out with a new audience, it's just Mm. knowing how to test what works and what doesn't. Like it's going to take some trial and error. um, Absolutely.
0: What's working for the audience that you're trying to reach and cutting through all the clutter that is out there right now. Absolutely. Did you learn anything in particular or do you have any advice for when people are starting out a new audience? Like what did, what kind of takeaways do you have from that experience? Well, I think that knowing the tools that work for you is really
1: important. Like there's a lot of different tools for me specifically. I've been learning Hootsuite is a helpful one. Um, and yeah, just knowing, um, your voice, I guess. Yeah, of your voice that speaks to your audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that when you were um, at Ryerson, they were teaching you how to do, um, you know, how to manage a crisis and how to do damage control. So, what can you tell us about that? Because I'm sure that must have been very interesting. That had to have been really interesting. I'm sure.
1: Yes, um, I did do a whole class on crisis communications and that's an aspect of communications that is very scary like thinking (laughs) of you're the person that's dealing with the crisis in that moment like how stressful that is I definitely have a good respect for anyone who does that um but I think that what I learned from looking at what worked through what didn't for cases of like I remember a specific case that we studied was Maple Leaf Foods case Mm -hmm. was one where I think it was maple leaf foods had a case of contaminants in their meats that was causing illnesses and caused a few deaths in ontario um and the ceo made a video like speaking to their audience about what happened and apologizing and taking accountability and seeing a ceo that actually cared like you can tell an audience can tell if like the company cares and is taking action and a company that's just letting out a cookie cutter statement that like, didn't take much time to really, like, apologize and take accountability.
0: Exactly. Take accountability. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I think that what I learned is most important when you're in that crisis situation is responding quickly, um, outlining what steps you're taking, and being genuine. I think the audience can really tell when you're not being genuine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of, um, you know, I've been watching a lot of stories unfold in the last few months where I've seen even celebrities having to hire, um, you know, a publicist to manage like damage control or crisis control um, after certain, you know, accusations and things like that. And it really is stressful. And I think you're right. Like, um, you know, having, um, you know, the right message to send, you know, as quick as possible is super important in crisis. And, you know, having, having a team to support you is also really important, which is why I think that People hire, you know, a communications specialist or PR agent or a publicist to help with damage control because when you're stressed, you don't always say the right thing or do the right thing. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure it'll be scary. Have you ever had to yet experience doing any sort of damage control yet in the world of PR? I have not
1: personally had to deal with any crisis situations like in the workforce yet. Thankfully. (laughs) Um, i've done a lot of um, like case studies and practice myself, especially during quarantine yeah. though something that I started to do just on my own time was practicing what I would say in different situations yeah. that have happened and then comparing my responses to what the company actually did in that scenario and that's been an interesting exercise
0: to do um, absolutely yeah yeah yeah, and a scary thing for PR agencies um, also to is, you know, um, messaging, right? And I remember I've, I've written many, many, many press releases, and it is so nerve wracking when you're sending out a press release on behalf of someone else. And you just, you know, because what people don't often realize is that when you're writing a press release, (laughs) even though it's maybe just a short, like one or two page sort of document or a statement, Um, There are hours upon hours that go into creating that because you have to draft it so many times. You have to fact check things um, and you have to make sure everything is accurate. And once you hit send and you send it out to all your contacts, your network's, um, it's very hard to make corrections, and so um, what people don't realize behind the scenes is that every time you know um, a publicist or a PR agent is sending out a press release, like secretly inside, they're doing a little prayer that nothing goes <laughs> wrong. <laughs> because let me tell you, I've experienced it when you know something has gone awry, and it's not fun. Um, you know, and I've experienced other ty- types of crisis as well, um, in the world of PR and it's, it's not fun, but yes, you, you have to, um, you know, you have to be very calm and you have to be able to think rationally and, you know, react rationally and calmly. Um, but you have to, like you say, have like, you know, the, the appropriate messaging and that sort of thing. Um, but it's not easy, it's not easy working in this world and in this industry, sure. it's crazy, <laughs> Literally,
1: especially now. Like, a single tweet, like, you could send out one tweet, people expect you to respond yes. quickly now. Yeah, like, you need
0: to know the balance, like, absolutely. And how fast is too fast, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, it is a little bit scary in today's world because there's so much judgment, you know, people are so quick to judge and, and to react. Right.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: so, you know, in terms of the program that you were studying with communications, it sounds like it was pretty good actually. Um, was there anything that was lacking or anything that you think could maybe help, um, help like universities prepare students more so for the world of of working in that industry is there anything they could improve Mm -hmm. well I'd say overall that I think
1: I had a really positive experience at Ryerson in the communications program Um, the only things I would say is maybe it was a little broad like I feel like I needed to figure out my interests yeah I figured out that I wanted to take graphic communications courses and illustrator courses in illustrator and in photoshop and i didn't really get that direction from the program it took me a while to figure out where to direct my attention in that way and yeah like it was a little broad at times and other programs had mandatory internships communications internship. i chose to do one in my summer of second year but it wasn't mandatory i think that's something that they should really look into making mandatory because internship is really good experience.
0: Um, it is a good experience. It helps you build networks. And I think when you're going out into the workforce, that's what you really need is networks, right? To help mm-hmm. you get in and get your foot in the door. Um, so yeah, I think that's really good advice for sure. And yeah. of course you graduated um, this year during the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so that must've been really challenging or difficult or maybe sad I don't know like what what was that experience like for you
1: yeah um definitely uncharted territory like I don't think a lot of people could say that they graduated during a pandemic before graduating (laughs) classes this year exactly Um, it was weird like it for I remember my last day of school so clearly it was was March 13th I think I remember the day like I was in school and then the next day, I just wasn't. And then school was not, like, it was online. It was so sudden, like, what, nobody was expecting it. Wow. And there, it was just a lack of closure, was what I would say, is now yeah. I'm graduated. All my friends are graduated as well, and none of us got to have our big ceremony. A lot of us had little Zoom yeah. ceremonies, and small things, and it was, like, the biggest closure that I got from graduating was moving out of my apartment. Like, I didn't really get to wow. have
0: Wow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. It was, because yeah. you know, you worked so long, right? How long was the program? It was, it was four years. Four years. Yeah. So to work that hard for four years and you know, you build up that expectation of that moment walking across and getting your, you know, diploma and dressing up in the gown and everything, like mm-hmm. it it must be so deflating. But you know what? Like, I'm sure you've experienced other things that maybe students in other years that graduate under normal circumstances, maybe haven't. And so bonding us together this year, 2020. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, of course, what have you done since you've graduated, um, you know, to put your degree to use?
1: So, yeah, I, I had plans. I did have plans like this summer. I was supposed to go to Israel and work in an internship for this influencer marketing agency I was going to be there for four months okay. and then travel wasn't really a thing and that kind of fell through and like beginning of quarantine I was kind of lost I didn't really know what to do with myself so I started doing a lot of networking and just skill building by myself like I went on LinkedIn I spoke to a lot of really great professionals I got to do a lot of different like creative things that I said that I didn't have the time to do ever I finally yeah. had that time so I was yeah <laughs> Learning different, like I said, I was doing like PR case studies. That I was doing. I taught myself how to use um like Adobe, like different Adobe platforms that I wouldn't have taught myself. What well, um was the um what was the hold on? I'm trying to remember the name. What <laughs> no, did I taught myself? Oh, I don't remember.
0: Well, it I, is cool, like you know, that you were able to. Well, it sounds like you were super motivated, regardless. Yeah, no, right in a way, it did motivate me yeah. more. Absolutely, like and I think that's amazing. I think that's really great that you were you stayed motivated and you found ways to network with people, regardless of the social distancing that we all had to experience during quarantine. I think that's so important, and I think that's great that you were able to do that. Um, and i'm I would love for you to share with our audience how you and I actually connected. Yeah, so I Found you on
1: LinkedIn when I was going through LinkedIn. I was looking for any professionals that I could speak to. Originally, I saw that you were doing um, Startup Fashion Week. Yes, so yes. I visited the website and I saw that and I thought it was so interesting. And then only after I saw that you had also started Bash PR.
0: Um,
1: yeah. I don't think I even told you this, but like <laughs> the way that I actually reached out to you was I was starting to look for tools to make it easier for me to reach out to people like LinkedIn when you're sending a message there's a certain number of characters so I found this tool that can usually it works pretty well to find people's email addresses okay if have a person's name and their company like you can input it and it'll find their email address and then you could send them an email and it's like easier to write more characters like
0: Oh,
1: so that's how I found your email and
0: then it was I didn't know that you were a teacher so that's how yeah so uh, I'm it, you know they're... wearing all kinds of hats yes I, I'm one of those crazy people that has a gazillion businesses and yeah jobs. yeah <laughs> so I sent you an email I think to like a
1: different not even your bash PR email yes, and yes. I asked you to speak and that's how we ended up speaking on the phone <laughs> and connecting in the first place
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was so cool. I really loved that. I love that you reached out to me and you know, you shared with me that you just graduated in communications and that you had seen my LinkedIn profile and you were curious to talk. You, you initiated a phone conversation right away and I was really impressed by that um, and I was also curious. I have to admit I was super curious because a lot of people don't initiate phone conversations anymore and I really appreciated that because I think I think that's something that we've lost, and um, you know, I instead of emails and messages and stuff like that online, I definitely have an appreciation for phone calls, and mm-hmm. so that really caught my attention. And so when we chatted, um, yeah, like I thought that maybe it would be great to have you as an intern for Fash PR.
1: Yeah, and I was really grateful to have that opportunity. As I said. I was free during quarantine. I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I said to you, I was like, I'd love to put my skills to use, you know,
0: help anyone that I could. Absolutely. So so you've been interning with Fash PR for a little while now, and you are also interning for another brand, which is really cool. So tell our audience about them. So yeah, they're an app called
1: Runway Buy. Um, they're based out of New York but they also one founder in New York one is in Australia so they're a pretty global team yeah and they haven't launched yet but what the idea is is it's a monetizable fashion video app so you can be watching a runway show live and then in app purchase the show right away in real time um, yeah. which is really cool and especially it's now like so I think cool. they're trying to pivot because of COVID and use their video searching technology to apply to all kinds of videos, whether it be runway shows, influencers, like so that you could purchase whatever product directly through the app. And I thought that was a really cool idea and really useful, especially now.
0: Yeah. So that's super awesome. So you're at least putting your, you know, skills to use and you're learning new things. You're working for two different companies. Mm -hmm. Um, You're working for a PR agency and you're working for a, a new brand. Um, and you're helping them with like, I'm guessing like PR and marketing and that sort of thing. So what are some of the differences in terms of your roles with both companies? Like what are, what kind of tasks are you, are you learning? Are you doing, um, that are helping you with, with PR? Yeah. So for FASH PR right now, what
1: I've been doing is promoting a lot of, we've been making different databases and lists for female entrepreneurs, for photographers and videographers um I've been having a lot of fun promoting those to different places in Canada like I really liked the idea of like that Fash PR wants me to be promoting to different smaller cities in Canada that you wouldn't yes. really think about um it's been so interesting like finding photographers and videographies in, in different cities like Charlottetown Calgary like I've been finding a lot of different interesting like fashion brands around Canada that I don't think I would have been finding otherwise
0: exactly um, yeah yeah, I really love that aspect. But yeah. and you've designed some bios, and you've yeah. been great. you've been building other databases for us as well to track, um, you know, um, influencers and things mm-hmm. like that. You helped us do some editing with um, one of our most recent publications with featuring 100 female founders in Canada. Um, so you, yeah, you've done a lot actually for us, a lot of different things, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Time so far. Yeah, for sure. And then you're going to be helping us with an event that we're doing. Um, it's one of our only events that we're doing during, um, this pandemic so far, we had a whole bunch planned, but it's really exciting that you'll be a part of that. So, um, so that's really cool. And what kind of stuff are, what kind of like you know tasks and skills and things are you are you doing and using for runway by yeah. so I feel like at first it was kind of similar like for FashPR, PR, I was doing
1: an influencer database for runway by. I was looking for um, different designers and labels and getting information on potential labels that they could partner with. yeah um, so I was making databases for that now i've started running their Instagram and Facebook pages, which has been really fun. Oh, fun. Content for those. Yeah. It's been interesting. I'm making content for it. The app hasn't yet launched. Um, but I've been doing a lot of like research on different runway trends, different runway shows, just trying to reach out to the right audience that would be interested in the app. Um, so yeah, like, searching up different trends where the summer has been, like, I've never looked at it this in depth. Like, I've been finding a lot of interesting things that I was even interested in to know, like, colored leather was a big trend. <laughs> leather for spring, like, we're trying to keep it current with whatever was on the runways for spring, summer, 2020, specifically. So, yeah. yeah, colored leather, short pantsuits with yeah. shorts had, were a big trend. Um, so, yeah, like, I did some posts about that. It's been really fun, honestly, making content for their Instagram page. And
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And it's true. Like, I often say that, um, you know, anyone who works in PR can also be hired as an investigator because we have, like, detective skills like nobody else when it comes down to, like, finding Information and resources and things like that. So sure. I'm glad to see that you're getting to like really build on those skills because they're so important and it's never ending in this in this industry. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Um, now I'm curious, like, because we kind of, I guess, in a way, kind of became initially connected through LinkedIn. If that's where you found me, so. Um, what, what other um, benefits have you found from using LinkedIn as a tool? Yeah, LinkedIn, I feel like, became my best friend when this going to
1: happen. Honestly, I, I was never into it during my uni- like before I had a LinkedIn, but I feel like I was very intimidated by it. Yeah. Like, I was so scared to go onto LinkedIn and see all these professionals. I felt like, oh, that's not me. Like, I'm not up to par with them. And i I'd get very intimidated by it. LinkedIn but once I started using it and getting more like involved in it it's such an easy way to keep up to date with people like that's yeah. so important when you're networking you want to check in with people you want to see what they're up to and like I always was intimidated with reaching back out to a connection like reaching out the first time is one thing but then staying in touch with someone that's hard and scary and LinkedIn is such a good way to keep up to date with what people are doing like that's the whole point of the website and
0: absolutely I, I agree. Really appreciate it for that um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And That's good. That's LinkedIn really great. Videos, yeah.
0: And I don't know if you knew this, but you can actually like publish articles on LinkedIn. So within your own profile. Um, they call them articles, but you can publish articles on LinkedIn. And a little tip is that I actually use that feature to publish press releases. Um, they're very—it's very clean looking. Um, and the benefit of that is, um, you know, if you publish um, anything, an article or a press release or anything on LinkedIn, um, you can use that URL um, to then copy and paste and post on other platforms so that you can you know have like a easy to access um url for people to see a press release or something else like similar um, so it's just a really great tool that's something that i do um, i don't see a lot of other people using that tool but i i think it's true what you're saying people I think sometimes get a little overwhelmed by LinkedIn and they don't really know how to use it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it has a lot to offer. And um, I know, um, I think that you mentioned to me before that you took some LinkedIn courses or something. Yeah, I did some in search engine optimization,
1: SEO, um, some in marketing. I had a Ryerson gives you a LinkedIn learning subscription. That was so great. Like, they're really in depth classes um, by trained professionals, and they have ones on pretty much anything you could even think of. Um, The ones that I took were really, really helpful. SEO, like, I thought it was just typing the same word that you wanted to be found (laughs) into a website a bunch of times, and, like, that's not the case. Google is way smarter than you would think. Really? Like, y'all know if you're just typing the same word in a bunch of times, that makes your website look even more suspicious. So, you really need to know the techniques to get your website to show up quicker. Really? On the oh, edges. that's
0: interesting. So these LinkedIn classes, so you have to have a subscription to actually take them. They're all, I'm guessing online kind of. Yes. Courses. I believe yeah. it is a paid
1: subscription. I'm not sure how much it is a month, but I'm, um, I think that it is a pay monthly subscription.
0: Interesting. So there you go for our audience if you didn't know that um you should definitely check that out on LinkedIn. They offer interesting courses and um you know we just learned from Jordan that she actually learned a lot about SEO um just through taking those courses which is pretty cool. I think cuz I think a lot of people in business too um are a little nervous when they see um terminology that isn't familiar to them and so they kind of shy away from learning about it but Um, Because I know I've had that conversation before about um, SEO with different entrepreneurs and they kind of get freaked out when they hear terminology like that. Anything technical um, often scares people away. So it's good to know that there's resources out there, right. That are easy to learn from. So that's really interesting information. Um, So I'd love for us to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, P- the world of PR, the world of um, communication. So can you explain to our audience maybe the difference as you know it between a publicist and a PR agent? Is there really a difference? So I think the difference is that
1: publicists are managing images for public figures Maybe books, magazines, celebrities and nah. public relations agents are for businesses and organizations images. Um managing a business's positive image.
0: Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. Um yeah, so um typically like um typically people would ask, like, for example, if you're an author. And you want to promote um, your book or if you want to promote yourself as an author, then you may hire a publicist to help you build your credibility and and build that awareness. Um, If you're a celebrity, if you're an actress or an actor, you may hire a publicist to help promote you as a brand. Um, And as PR agents, um, we sometimes do the same sort of things, but um, but it's different. We have a very different type of clientele. We have a different set of um, skills and different set of tools that we use to help businesses or people. Um, so that's pretty good. That's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any interesting facts that you've learned about um, the world of PR or the world of com- communications that you think might be interesting for our audience to know? Um, well, I feel like I didn't know just how different
1: communications and public relations positions could be. Like, I remember that one specific aspect that I never would have thought of if I hadn't studied communications in school was internal communications. Like, mm. there's specific positions for managing a company internally. And I didn't realize how hard that was and how, like, that's a whole thing in itself is just internally managing employees and that whole aspect. Like, I spoke to a, a few professionals that did that. And it was really interesting to learn about, like it's something that you as a consumer or you as a person that doesn't study
0: that would never really consider. Absolutely. And I think that's actually also good advice for small businesses too, even if you don't have like a whole lot of staff, but even for Mm -hmm. small businesses, I think it's important to establish like specific roles. Right. And, and that way everybody knows like what they're in charge of and, and what information they're supposed to really like focus on and, and that sort of thing. I think it really helps the business momentum when everyone is very organized. Right. Um, I think it's important. That's, that's, that's actually really good information. Um, so, um, I'm curious, like the pandemic, let's go back to your experience, um, during the pandemic. Did you, um, find that you were encouraged to do anything new or different in a positive way specifically working in PR I mean it sounds like you were you you seem to be motivated you kind of pushed yourself to do some online networking as opposed to being able to network in person did anything else like interesting or exciting or new or different happen so yeah I think specifically something interesting with the networking that
1: happened was like you said we spoke on the phone um I was reaching out to people that I wouldn't have otherwise talked to, like the the woman that I'm working for for runway by now, Elizabeth Claros, lives in New York, and I was able to speak to her on the phone. And now I'm working for a company in New York that yeah, that's something I, I could have for. Like virtually working has really opened up the professional landscape, or you can work for someone anywhere really, and that's something that. Like, while this pandemic is hard, and I think a
0: lot of bad things are for sure happening. Like, that's one positive thing that has I been really... I love that. That's actually a great way to look at it. And I think that's really interesting. And hopefully some people who are listening to this podcast episode will maybe think about that and think how they can maybe apply that to their situation as well. I think that's really good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, do you have any like role models that you look up to, you know, personally or professionally? Is there anyone that you aspire, you know, not to be, but maybe to kind of model? Um, Is there anyone you can think of? Well, I guess
1: this one is personal and professional. But my dad works in communications. Oh, really? Oh, you're yeah. right. That's amazing. He's definitely a role model. Um, he works he worked as a senior communications manager for Barrett Gold, and now he works at Yamana Gold, which are gold mining companies. And wow. yeah, like he definitely inspired me to go into communications, I think, because like just seeing the work that he does, he's a great writer. Like I've spoken with people who have worked with him, and it's weird to hear about your dad in that light, like, oh, your dad. Like, he's such a good professional, but like, all the people that he's worked with that I've met has said, like, your dad's the best fighter that I've ever met. Really? That's amazing. Just for like CEOs, and he always just gives it his all. Like, seeing how hard he works, especially now during a pandemic, like, he's been working at home. So I really get to see it all front lines. um Yeah, he definitely really inspires me to be a good communications professional. And I think he's a model of what that even looks like to me.
0: That's amazing. That's yeah. great. I love that. I think that's amazing. Um, has he given you any like specific advice that really sticks to you?
1: He's very adamant about knowing how to write. Like that's how he, what he specializes in is good okay. writing, grammar. Like, that's something that people overlook a lot, and I think a lot of people think like writing. How hard could that be? But like, it's a skill that you're constantly needing to work on. Like knowing how to write for different audiences and knowing how to write concisely. These are things that I just, I
0: don't think really understood how hard they really were until you start trying to work in it. Amazing. Um, What do you think stops people from hiring a PR agency or a publicist? I think,
1: especially when hiring an agency as a company, hiring an outside agency, you're trusting them, I guess, to to tell your messages the way that you want it. And I think that that could be really hard to trust someone to do that well. And, and I think you need to trust the agency that you're working with and see that they do good work. But at the end of the day, getting that expertise is invaluable. Like companies may not realize how hard it is to yeah. really make PR and do yeah. that. But like PR agencies really do bring like a different experience and a different knowledge of that, that I don't think companies really know how valuable that can be. Yeah,
0: I think you really hit it um, right on because I think that is exactly um, exactly it. I think it's the trust factor. Um, I think maybe financially sometimes, uh, you know, financial (laughs) is definitely a barrier. But aside from that, um, you know, I think trust factor is very important um, because it's hard to hand over something that is you know so valuable and and, you know, so important to you to, to someone else and, you know, to ensure that they're going to be able to, you know, manage the messaging. Like you said, it is difficult, right? It's difficult to have that trust. And, um, you know, it's, it's important to, to really work with someone that you do trust. I think that's really important. And then the second part that you said, I also agree is that, um, you know, the benefit of working with, a PR agency, um, like you said, can bring new creative thoughts and ideas outside the box, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that's really, really good for people to know that um, one of the benefits that you do get is not only building trust and building relationships with someone is is having almost like a business partner by your side, a new business partner that really doesn't have any stakes in your business, but is there to support you and there to like bounce off new ideas. And I think that's sometimes really beneficial for people because they kind of get stuck, you know, when you're working in the same field for so long, you kind of get stuck. And so I think it's great to have that other person giving you like a fresh outlook on something. Um, yeah. So you really kind of hit that right, right on, I think. Um, do you have any last tips or last suggestions or any news to share with our followers or our listeners rather um i guess my
1: last tips would be um just seek out opportunities in whatever you're interested in yeah volunteer do what you need to do to like learn more and and get involved in whatever you want to and whatever you you have interest in um Do the best work that you can do. No matter what role you're in, even if it seems small, I think giving it your all is so important, especially in the professional world and networking, being nice to everyone that you meet, like paying it forward. You know, you give out kind energy, you'll get that in return. I really do believe that.
0: Oh my gosh. Like that's amazing. Everything is just that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. So before we end our little chat, we are going to do, um, some true and false questions. So I'm going to ask you five true, true or false questions. You're going to tell us whether they're true or false and you can elaborate on them too if you want. Um, so are you ready for that? Yes. Okay, cool. So the first question or the first statement rather that I have is that you also studied at the university of Westminster. This is true. I
1: did. This is in London. My third year, I did a semester abroad at the University of Westminster for a few months, and it was fantastic. How interesting is that? That
0: sounds really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. That sounds really fun. Um, okay, so the second statement, you are also an author. I
1: am not an author, as of yet. I haven't written any books. <laughs> Maybe someday, that
0: would be nice. Well, you did say that you were really, you know, interested in focusing on writing like your father. So, you know, maybe that could happen, right? my future. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) It very well could be. Um, So the third statement that I have is that you have taken some LinkedIn courses online. This is true. Yes. Everyone go check out LinkedIn Learning. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Number four, your family has a cottage. (laughs) Oh this
1: trick i we don't own a cottage i wish i'm visiting a cottage currently
0: okay so you're at a cottage right now but it's not your family cottage cottage. oh no that's amazing it's it's regardless (laughs) amazing i love i love the idea of going away with family and spending time with family or friends you know um but that's amazing um nonetheless so number five, the last statement I have for you. The last place you traveled to before the pandemic was Miami. True or false? True, yes. Oh this really? Is true. We did go to Miami.
1: <laughs> I went in December. That was who knows when we'll be traveling again, but that was really fun.
0: No way. Was that just for fun? Was it with friends? Yeah, it was me and
1: my family just went on a vacation. Oh, that's when so I was on cool. in love the winter.
0: Miami.
1: Yeah. yeah it was great.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Well, thanks so much, Jordan, for chatting with us. And if anyone wants to connect with you, where, where can they find you? Um, They can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Jordan Weinberg
1: or shoot me an email at jordan8484 at gmail.com. That's my personal
0: address. Yeah. I'd love to connect with anyone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much with for sharing with us all these incredible insights. And thank you to our listeners um, as well for tuning in for this episode of of the FASH Scoop. Um, We wish you all the best Jordan in your future endeavors. So um, for our listeners, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in order to be notified of new episodes and feel free to email us as well if you have any suggestions on future episodes. Um, or any guests that you'd like us to interview or topics you'd like us to cover, you can email us info at fashpr.com. Thanks again for listening.